this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters Friday. Get tickets now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to our part two sit down with Roni, friend of Miss Barbara Kavivit, with our first ever Behind the Velvet Rope co-host, the one, the only, Ms. Elise Lane. And if you haven't heard part one, check it out. We talk about, you know, where did it all begin for Barbara? When other people were playing with Barbies, was she playing with tool belts and Tonka trucks? We talk about Barb's childhood. Was she a tomboy? How did she get into construction? How was a woman met when they entered the world of construction way back when? Did she have any Me Too moments? We talk about Heels of Steel, which was her wonderful book. We talk about how did Elise and Barb become friends? Who asked who on the date? Who slid into whose DM? And now we're about to get into it, guys. They have a similar story for their Roni experience. We talk about each of their Roni experiences, why they're not on the show anymore, who they still keep in touch with. We also talk about Barb's run for mayor. All of that is coming. If you haven't heard part one, don't you want to know how these guys met? And now stay tuned for part two. And you feel like it's PTSD, like where you're... Yeah, I think I have some of that for sure. You know, and that you're going to get ganged up on. Um, you're going to be like the odd man out. Um, you, you know, they're not going to like you. It's that whole, that feeling of camp, you know, where... Or even on the show, like, I think you have to question people who are on the show and say, hmm, what kind of personality is successful on this show? Yes. Um, And then when it's a little shocking when you think you're in a good place with someone and then all of a sudden you see that the show's, you know, when the show airs that this person is talking behind your back, you know, like... Mm -hmm. What Sonia did to me, Sonia all along kept telling me to call out Ramona for the way she was treating me. And I mean, constantly, she's like, you can't allow this. You need to call her out on it. And then all of a sudden when it aired, Sonia says, you know, yeah, you know, Elise didn't have Ramona's back. I almost like jumped off my bed when I was watching that on TV. Um, So I understand that you start to say, oh, well, wait a minute, you know, Elise was on the show and now all of a sudden... Two weeks went by and I haven't heard from her. Is she like doing one of those, you know, behind my back duplicitous? And so Barb will sort of like send out a text, you know, are we okay? And I immediately, I'm like on the phone with her, like, hell yeah, we're okay. You know, you're my girl. Yeah. It sounds like, you know, because like Barb, you say like you came on and like you wouldn't, you know, you were just trying to protect the land. Like you weren't thinking about your own story. Like no. this was real life to you. And same with you, at least you're saying like, you wouldn't do these crazy things in a scene just for the sake of it. Like 
So you both are basically saying like you came on and were like living your lives loyal to actual people or just like not, do you think the people that last on the show, like Ramon, I mean, we're talking like 10, 15 years. Do you think like they get it? Like they are just willing to do anything at you all? You have to, to be a, a complete narcissist. narcissist. Complete. Yeah. And they really are. I mean, I'm not using that word lightly either. It's truly the definition of narcissism. So it's an inability. I believe, yeah. I truly believe that both Luann and Ramona feel like they were 100% the injured parties. And I am, I would never be so Manichaean as to say it is all Ramona's fault, all Luann's fault, or all our fault. I understand that there is a percentage of blame to be assigned. And for whatever role I played in the demise of my relationship with Ramona, it's a much smaller percentage than the role than the percentage assigned to her. But I do have the ability to be introspective and say, "Mm, I probably shouldn't have said that, or I shouldn't have done this. Ramona, Luann completely lack the ability to be introspective, to sit back and say, where was I wrong? What could I have done better? They don't know. They don't even think like that. They don't think like that. They don't have the ability to think like that. There's literally a sensitivity chip missing in their brain they don't have that I, I not only with myself they don't have it with anyone you know so that's uh it's unfortunate and do you think like that's just them or do you think it's like the fame has changed them and this show has changed them i think it's them i think it's them really i think the show just sort of inflated their egos more than their egos were already inflated. But I think it took those personalities to be successful on the show because of that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. And then do you think that's just what it takes? Like you go to all the other franchises, like those are the people that survive. We see people come and go. Do you think that's there's Luann's and Ramona's in every franchise? I bet you the, the, (laughs) the friend of, in this season, because Vershawn, uh, who whom I've gotten to know, and I think she's more like me and you. She's just she doesn't want to fight. She she just wants to have fun and be supportive. Yeah. And so I think that um, you'll see a little bit of a chilly reception. There's a manic personality within like narciss narcissistic people, and I think the manic side of it is like the celebrity comes into it. Oh, I gotta be the, I gotta, I gotta, you know, always be in front of the camera. I always gotta be the press, the press, no matter what it is, I gotta be on page six, page six, no matter what it, so then that comes onto it. And then you already have like this narcissistic mental illness and it's just like the trifecta. And then if you drink and you pop pills, then you really got, you know, a volcano happening. So do you think you would each be friends? Like if you particularly didn't go on the show, like you were friends with Lynn for 14 years. And I forgot how long you were friends with Ramona. Like, would um, you- I've known Ramona for many, many years, but a true, very close friendship was for about five years. Although so like if you ever went on. Our daughters were best, best friends, those little girls. And Ramona and I sort of tolerated one another. So if each of you didn't go on as a friend of, do you think, like, do you think you would still be friends with Luann? And do you think you would still be friends with Ramona? If you, if you particularly never went on the show? Oh, if I was never on the show? Yeah. Probably. I probably would still be friends with Luann. Yeah. But again, then there would be really no growth. You know, then I would say, well, I'd be in the same, like this enlightened me. It opened my eyes as to what's important to me and who I want to spend my time with and what I should expect um, and, and get back as, as a friendship, a mutual friendship. I, maybe I didn't know that. Maybe I didn't have that self-esteem to, you know, or self-worth to believe that I deserved good friends. Who knows? You know, I'm not a psychiatrist, but you know, when you go through these transitions in life, you know, you mature, you, you really do. You mature and you start to realize like your worth and the people that you want to spend time with. I don't think I would have stayed friends with Ramona. I think that we would have 
eventually. I don't think it would have been an explosive ending, but I think that we would have been friends as long as I always stayed in the role in which I was nurturing her. Um, and Reinhold and I were very welcoming to Ramona and really, you know, took her in like family. And you can see how inclusive Reinhold yeah. and I are. I think if there ever came a time when I needed Ramona, if I was ever in a vulnerable position right. and I needed Ramona, if I, you know, if Reinhold ran off and left me and I was a single woman and Ramona was now married, do I think I would be included with her husband? Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, do I think she would have been there in a time of need? Not if there was some hot guy waiting for her at the Regency, she wouldn't have been. Fair enough. <laughs> so then, I mean, are you guys, like, it sounds like Barb, you had growth and I mean, at least you would have ended up like, so, I mean, are you happy that you then went on? Like, do you miss your, each of your friends in any way? Um, you know, I went through a period of really missing Luann and I think I told you this, you know, and, and um, I think now I miss her more superficially. Like I miss what I thought was our friendship. Um, but there were things about Luann that I think that there were some good qualities with Luann um, and our friendship, but it wasn't, it, it wasn't without me doing something for her. So there were good things, but I always felt like there was something that I had to do to get that reward. Do you know what I mean? So like whether I got her a mortgage. So I got her a mortgage. So I was, she took me away to Aspen. You know, it was like one of those things. Well, she bought me a pair of boots, you know, it, it wasn't like a natural, like, like you and I, we don't, it's right. never anything like that. Right. You know, it's just, it's an easy friendship we do for each other. We don't, you know, it's just, it's like a natural progression. You know, I don't feel like I need to do something for her. She doesn't feel like she needs to do something for me, but we, we feel comfortable asking each other for things. Right. Um, so and, it's different. And I, as far as Ramona, so for, for about a year, I was pretty angry. I have to admit, um, and I had mentioned to you, there was a time, not this past fe February, but the one before um, where filming was done and she did make an overture to talk and make up and I was not receptive. Do I regret that I wasn't receptive to having a conversation with her at the time? Yeah, probably. Um, I should have heard her out because like I said, she also feels like the wounded party. So I do understand that. And maybe we could have at least found a place where we were amicable. But afterwards, and I did think eventually we would talk. I thought, well, you know, the summer will come around. We'll see each other and we'll eventually talk. But then everything blew up with, um, I think it was the, the cameo with Leo was really the nail in the coffin, which wasn't accidental. I had really had no idea what was going to be said. But anyway... I think everything to that point got to, got to the point of no return. And I was already angry at what she had been saying about me publicly on podcasts to the New York Post to friends. You know, I, you know, I was in the group of the 50 friends um, for as long as she has been. And <laughs> she was asking people to take sides. So that just made me angry, not nostalgic. And last this past Saturday, I was at a party and literally about this close to Ramona and we completely ignored one another and it, I felt apathetic. So that's where you want to be. It's like, listen, it's like the five stages of grief, right? It's like <laughs> you're sad and you're angry and you go through all yeah. and then like when you just don't care, isn't that the best? Right, right. That means it's over. The five stages of grief are over and you've come out the other side. Right. You were that close, like arm to arm with Ramona at a party? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were this close. I'm amazed that no one snuck a little photo in there. <laughs> if I was there, I might have had a sneak <laughs> out in the left corner. I know because, I mean, I know you see her. Like, you, have you ever run into Luann? 
Barbara? Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that I make decisions based on what is good for me, not everyone else. I live my life unapologetically and authentically as myself. And that is why when it came time to lose weight, the only thing that worked for me was Noom. What I loved about Noom is that they don't label foods good or bad, foods permitted and foods that are never permitted. They take a psychology-based approach. And rather than focus on the food, they focus on on why we make the choices that we do. Noom has helped me break so many bad habits, particularly with sugar. I love sugar candy, Skittles, Swedish Fish, Starburst, you name it, I love it. Rather than just say those foods weren't allowed, Noom helped me understand why I have these cravings, especially at certain times of the day. And slowly I started to change these habits. I crave sugar less, I shopped better. Noom, I cannot recommend enough. The app is so easy to use also. And what I love best is it only takes 10 minutes of your time a day, just 10 minutes. So start building better habits for healthier long-term results. You can sign up for this trial at noom.com slash velvet. That's right. By listening to this podcast, you too get to try Noom. You can sign up for your trial at noom.com slash velvet. And Noom is N O. O-M, noom.com slash velvet. Go there, sign up for your trial and let me know how it works out for you guys. It's great and it has really helped me. I haven't run into Luann in two years. Um, I guess this is the second summer. Actually, the last time I saw her was August, two years ago. And um, I had a party, a birthday party for her, a, cl- a clam bake um, right after the reunion in May. And she was mad at me because I said, you're not Adele, Luann, <laughs> you know? And, and I remember going up to her room after the reunion and her makeup artist was there and she was, you know, she hugged me at the reunion. I don't know if you remember that, but yeah. everybody hugged. And then she wouldn't talk to me in the room. And I was like, is this fake? Like, did you just fake hug me? You know, and that really pissed me off that she faked hugged me. So that was three or four days before her birthday. I ended up throwing her an amazing clam bake at my house. I invited um, uh, like Marisol Patton was there, uh, Marisol from Miami and a few other people. And she was happy. Then the reunion ad aired. (laughs) She got mad again (laughs) and didn't talk to me after that. Yep. Who do you think between the two of you had it worse as far as your respective seasons and the fallout? God, I mean, I want to say I did, but. Um, well, I did lose a, a group of women. I guess it's no loss because I must have never really had them. But there is a group of women who sort of circled their wagons around around Ramona, um, which is amazing because. She talked behind all of their backs, but so I think that I probably did more spring cleaning than you did. Right. But I think you took it to heart more than I did. Yeah. I took it to heart, but that's probably, I have to tell you, like they, they suffer less. Yeah. Right. I don't know how to do that. They don't form attachments. I don't think there's anyone who could really drop out of their lives other than their children. Totally. That they would actually feel nostalgia and loss. A hundred percent. And I don't know how to be like that. So it's just not how I I'm built. So, you know, it's like they have this very grandiose feeling about themselves, you know, and I just, I don't think that. Well, then on that note, before we move on to current day stuff, like, do you, would you go back knowing what you know? Would you say yes? And if you did say yes, would you do anything differently? Each of you. You mean, would we go back on Housewives? Like if you knew that this would be the end result, which you've had, you know, you say you're sad in a way, but like you've learned something and grown and saying, like, would you go back? Like if you knew that your friendships with each of these women would end would you still say yes? And if you went back, would you have done anything differently when you're I would there? definitely do it again, 100%. And I would definitely do it different. I never would have drawn the, land, the line in the sand. 
I would have been my own person. I would have created my own, you know, story, had my own. Um, I never would have protected Luann like I did. Um, so I would have, if I knew more, I would have done more. And that's why I kind of wish I was on that second season um, because I wanted to really give it to her. I was ready. <laughs> I was going to go back with guns blazing, babe. That would have made for good TV. It would have, yeah. <laughs> um, knowing what I know now, would I have done this show? Knowing what I know now, yeah, I still think I would have done the show and I also would have done it differently. I would have, knowing what I know now, if I was going to yield the same result, regardless of what I changed, then I would not do it again. If knowing what I know now, I could have changed the trajectory, then I would do it again. And what would I have done different? I would have very early on um, really put a lot more pressure on Ramona to sit down and talk to me about sort of the rules of the game and, and to teach me more about it because I really got thrown to the wolves. Look, I didn't, I did not interview for it. I was not, um, you know, contracted until right before the Newport trip. So I literally was just sort of showing up, you know, I'd get a call from the producers a few days before, Hey, can you show up? So it really, I never knew when I was going to be on it, that was going to be the last, there was no plan or agenda for me. But if, if it was going to result in the same um, bad feelings between, between me and Ramona, no, then I wouldn't have done it again. Do you think you would have been different if someone said, here's a contract, like you are a housewife, you do whatever you want. You you're pissed at this one. Like, you know, producers saying like you're a full housewife. You you're worried about getting let go because you're just a friend or just by piecemeal, like, no, Elise, like you're a housewife. You do go for it. Do you think you would? No, no, I, no, I would not have done anything differently. Number one, it's not in my nature to be so outrageous, um, fight about nothing, cut someone down. So it's just not my nature. So no, I still would not have done that with a contract, nor would I have tried to um, go after Ramona's juggler. I, I still wouldn't have done that. I would have tried to, as soon as I started getting that kind of foreboding feeling that things were not going well, I would have really forced a conversation out of Ramona. Because the interesting, interesting thing was, even though we were filming and so awkward, on camera together when we were going out to lunch, going to dinner, hanging out, we were fine, but she refused to talk about the show. So that's what was bizarre. Um, we literally could film and then we ended up at, you know, someone else's apartment and I'd want to talk to her about something that happened. And I was unsure about how to handle it. She would, she would shut down the conversation immediately. So I think I would have, you know, at some point when you corner Ramona and you just sort of, you know, grab her by her shoulders and say, Ramona, talk to me. You know, I, you're doing this 12 years. How do I handle the situation? I don't want to throw you under a bus. I don't want to betray you. This is how I'm feeling. This is how you're making me feel. But I was just sort of yielding to her all the time. So that's the difference. I feel, and then we'll move on just from someone who speaks to current housewives and past housewives. I truly feel there's a certain type, if you want to say like a Ramonan who's on forever and certain people just show up from day one, which is not the two of you and not lots of other people. Mm -hmm. But I do believe there are just people that show up and are just like, I got this. And they, from day one are like, you get out of my way. You, and they do it to friends and I've seen it. And I just yeah. think- you either have that or it's like, yeah. and you never know when you sign with Bravo, but I think as the audience, once it starts, we can tell. And we're just like 10 years for, at least I can tell usually. But it's and the it's person just, who's willing to call each yeah. other. I can't go and say, you're a fucking whore. 
Like I, that, that doesn't, right. it can't come out you of know, my mouth really. It's the people who are willing to put the pedal to the metal and they don't care who ends up being roadkill. And those people do that in their personal lives as yeah. well. Right. So it's not as though you can turn it on for the show and then turn it off and go about being a wonderful, loving friend. Mm-hmm. Right. When you're going a hundred miles an hour, you're running people over, whether it's on camera or off. So true. That's an interesting analogy. And you just knowing like what you Oh my have. God, roadkill. <laughs> well. Like roadkill on that show. I mean, I didn't think of it like that before. And now you have connected with Bershawn and you are thinking what maybe she, like she is, first we have Barbara Kay, then a year later we have Elise. Now we have Bershawn. Do you think Bershawn will be sitting here with the two of you next year, Elise? Yeah, we could we could bring Bershawn in. Yeah, we could let her in our little uh, circle here. Yeah, circle of friends. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, do you want to let her in because you like her? I mean, or do you think do you predict the same fate for her? Um, yes, to both. I do like her, and I do predict the same fate for her. Do you watch the show now, Barbara? I've watched um, 10, 11. Not many. No, I've seen three. I haven't watched it all. I know you don't watch. And you met Ebony last night. I did. I met Ebony. Lovely. I mean, she came up to me to say hello, introduce herself to me, and she was couldn't have been nicer. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Do you ever ask yourself why are so many dogs suffering with health issues? Well, actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 1,600 dogs through her foundation, says she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, says there's one place we can look to support any dog's health, their food. So she decided to create something she could actually feel good about feeding her dogs, and it's called Superfood Complete. Superfood Complete is the only food I use for the dog in my life, Doherty. Why? Because Doherty's health is so important to me. Doherty is so picky. The apple doesn't fall far from the tree. But he loves this dog food. What do I love best about Superfood Complete? The fact that it's made with over 30 of the healthiest ingredients on the planet. But don't take my word for it. Go to badlandsranch.com velvet in order right now to get 50% off your regular priced order with a 90-day money-back guarantee. If you want your dog to experience all these incredible things, go to B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S ranch.com slash velvet today. It's sandal season, and that's something I used to wait all year for. But now with the new Croc-style sandals, I embrace those feel-good summer vibes all year long. And you can too. I love Croc's new getaway sandals. With their new feel-free technology, they're so light and soft, it feels like you don't have shoes on at all. It's like walking on clouds. They're Brooklyn sandals. They're so stylish and sophisticated. They have a classic style and a modern simplicity. And let's not forget their new Miami sandals. They're an elevated silhouette and they have a slight lift, which I love. So thanks to Crocs, these aren't just sandals for a single season. You can wear them year-round. And that's what I love best about Crocs because being this comfortable transcends a single season or a single vacation or even a single moment. It's a mindset. Thank you, Crocs. And right now you get 20% off your next purchase at crocs.com. Just use the code sandals20 at checkout. That's sandals20 at crocs.com for 20% off your purchase. Do you remember Tuesday, September 20th, 2016? Because we do. Because it's the day This Is Us premiered after more than 70 million of you watched our trailer and made our show go viral. I'm Mandy Moore. I am Chris Sullivan. And I am Sterling Brown. We are your hosts of That Was Us, a rewatch podcast starting May 14th. Listen to our episodes wherever you get your podcasts, and you'll be able to watch our episodes on the That Was Us YouTube channel. 
poised, eloquent, beautiful, um, friendly, humble, everything that you want in a housewife and more. What do you feel about, yeah, she was on our show here. How do you feel Elise or I mean you too, Barbara, like, you know, so far we're seeing Ebony and Ramona are not, they're kind of getting it on. They're getting along. Well, I think there was that whole rumor last year that Ramona was racist. And ironically, I was actually the only one who defended her um, while she and I were on very bad terms. But I will I will continue to be objective and say that I don't I don't believe she's racist. But I think that they sort of forged this friendship to sort of put the um, period on the end of that sentence. Right. I don't know if in real life would Ramona and Ebony be friends? Probably not. I don't know. You know, it could be a fake friendship for the show. Yeah, I, I really don't know. I mean, look, I, I Ramona mean, she has redeeming qualities, right? I mean, I, I was friends with her for five years, right? So I'm not going to turn around and say anyone who who enjoys Ramona's company is full of it and doing it just for the show because I genuinely went through a five-year period where I did enjoy her company. So maybe it's real. I just, I don't know Ebony at all. I've never met her, but I do believe that the dynamic was in response to, or the the introduction of that friendship and Ramona kind of walking on eggshells with Ebony is in response to the rumors at however false they are, were going around last year. Just meeting Ebony, you know, in the short time I did, I got from her that she's, like a real woman's woman um, and she's rational and, a, you know, she could just really, you know, she could be a good, you can tell she's a, a good person. Yeah, That's what I got in the short, you know, I'm pretty good at reading people. And so I, I'm really going to be interested to see how she does with these other women, how she's going to interact with someone because she does seem so rational it, well, once you catch up, she has some issues with Luann. Well, I even- saw that well, that's on, the one I saw. That's I saw on Instagram. Saw. I saw yeah. on Instagram that Ebony thought that Luann called her an angry black woman. I saw that, and I and I know that from that scene um, that Luann had just said, "Why are you so angry?" I don't believe that she had used the word. Well, Luann black is woman. is never going to acknowledge. I mean, authentically, maybe she did do it, but she's never going to acknowledge authentically or think that she did something wrong. So that's going to be an interesting relationship because that's part of a friendship that you, you know, admit I made a mistake. You know, I, I want to change. I want to correct it. I want to make it better. I don't think she's she's really like that. It's like it's always somebody else's fault and you need to apologize to me, not I'm going to apologize to you. I've never seen Luann really apologize. So, well, I was going to say the ratings are down. I mean, they're down for almost all the franchises. So, I don't know. Like, could Housewives go on forever? No, nothing goes on forever, David. <laughs> that is true. I mean, if you think back, like, we thought the real world would never end, and here I we mean, are. The General Hospital, that didn't go on forever. Yeah. I, I think that it, it needs to get back to, being a little more lighthearted, right? I mean, yes, in today's world, and especially with COVID, nobody wanted to watch women showing off their material, you know, trappings and and their fancy lifestyles when so many people were out of work and didn't know how they were going to put food on the table. Businesses were shut down. So I don't think that would have worked for the season. So I understand that. Um discrimination is on the the forefront of awareness. So maybe that's why they're going in that direction. Um, but I do think that people want to get back to just a little more lighthearted. And I also think that the whole drunk thing where they are just out of control, um, I think that's sort of a little scary for people to watch also. Yeah, I mean, I think the drunk thing has to go. But, you know, to go back to the, um, you know, the war on race or what, what you've said before, I think 
I I think that it has to be. I know Roni um, and all the franchises are supposed to be fun, lighthearted, um, people getting drunk. But I think where we are in the world right now and the fact that there's never been an African-American woman and it is so apparent, like, we're, New York City is made up of African-American, Latina, white, Asian, and to just have all white people on a franchise is, for me, no bueno. You know, I want to see diversity. Because from our standpoint, mm-hmm. we haven't had, our house hasn't been on fire. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. their house has been on fire. So, like, think of all the things that have happened in the past year, and not only year, but, like, hundreds of years. Mm-hmm. So I think it's it's an evolution and a transition, and I think that there are things that need to be said, and Bravo is giving you know, people like Ebony the platform to do it. So mm-hmm. they have a voice right now, and they need to say their voice, and people need to hear their voice, and then, you know, maybe... They'll, they'll get heard and next year will be different. So we'll go right. back. But I think it's fair. And I think it has to be, I, I want to hear what she has to say. I want to hear how, you know, she feels and, you know, what she's gone through. Or So I think right now it's, it's her time. And not only her time, like um, from Beverly Hills, um, what's her name? Garcelle. Gar- Garcelle. Um, you know, maybe some of the other... You know, it's time to shine. So, well, speaking of, you mentioned lots of things and you just made a reference to Latinas. Do either of you know? I mean, there's been a lot of chatter over the past few weeks of Carolina Bermudez possibly being the next housewife. Do either of you know her? Who is that? I don't know. No. She co hosts at the Elvis Duran show and she's on KTU. And that's all the chatter. You know, this is the time, like in the middle of the season. When they're looking and there's all, if you Google it, it's all over every newspaper that that's who they want. Yeah. Wow. I don't know. But look, I, I agree with Barbara 100% that it was ridiculous that it took till now to have a black woman on the show because that New York, that's what New York City is about, is about diversity. But I guess my thought is who, whomever they bring on, whether it's a Latina woman, an Asian woman, another black woman, I just want to see the friendships be more natural and not forced and not, I don't know, just, I, I'm, I'm basically, I just, I don't want all of the, the chaos anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, if the ratings are down and you want natural friendships and this Carolina Bermudez is coming in, which that's the rumor, who would you, who do you think deserves to go out of Luann, Sonia, Ramona? Ooh. We can throw Ebony in there. I don't think it's going to be her or yeah. Leah. I would say Luann. What Leah's- do you think? Um, yeah, I would say Luann would be the first to go. Yeah. Really? Like if they were going to let someone go next? Yeah. To you. Oh, well, look, I mean, Ebony is young, beautiful, never and dynamic, her. right? So she's the next generation, yeah. right? And... You know, Leah is also young in her own sort of, you know, uh, downtown vibe, right? I mean, Leah is very different than any of the other girls, uh, you know, so I don't think that they get rid of Leah. Um, Sonia and Ramona are sort of like a, a pair, but I do worry about, I mean, Sonia's drinking. Maybe maybe that could also but lead to favorite. her. She's a favorite. She's a fan she, favorite. She's a fan favorite. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I maybe I, they'll bring Dorinda back. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? But I I'm going to pass I, on comments on that one. What? I'm going to not comment yeah. on Dorinda coming back. I think they definitely either. need to bring um, a Latina woman on. Definitely. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe they'll keep everyone. Um, but I, I, th- I think. Oh, yeah. I think next season they keep everyone. I think the following season, if I had to pick one to go, maybe it would be Luann. I think. Yeah. I don't know if your contract is, up. you know, that you can always get it renewed. But why would you both pick Luann? Because I think Ramona and Sonia are sort of a team. So unless they were going to have a big shakeout, I don't think they let one go without the other. So if they go, they go together. 
And I think Ramona, although she's sort of aging out, it would be tough to, in this day and age, to say, well, we're getting rid of her because she's the oldest one in the franchise. And look, she is TV gold, right? Yeah. Either, you, either you love to hate her or you, you love to laugh at her, but whatever it is, you know, there's there's always something that Ramona says that leaves people just sort of shaking their heads in disbelief. Well, before we switch gears and move on from Housewives, you know, Barb, you're in construction, and at least you have some amazing real estate. So, A, what do we think of Ramona now being a broker? And if you had to hire only, we're not talking about Ryan or Frederick or Steve Gold or any of our friends from Million Dollar Listing, but if you needed to sell or buy, then you could hire Ramona or Kelly Bensimone for your realtor. God, that's, you just like killed me with both of those. Um, Well, I wouldn't hire Ramona because of Elise. So I would have to hire Kelly. Kelly. Wow. And I imagine you would hire Kelly too, Elise. Well, I, I don't know Kelly. I've never met Kelly. Um, I know Kelly very well. So it's hard for me to give because I would because I would just think of where I love the loyalty. I would really just think about like, who's going to get the job done. <laughs> you know, and so I, I don't I can't give you an answer because I don't know Kelly. What about Barbara from who who would you hire out of like Frederick, Ryan, Steve Gold, Tyler Whitman or uh, Kristen Jordan? Well, I bought an apartment from Ryan and I would not do it again. So that is for sure. Um, and if any of them work for him or with him, I, I don't know them, but I, you know, I'd probably still go back to Kelly. <laughs> you know, I always like to hire a woman anyway. I, I will introduce you to Kirsten Jordan. I think she is your girl. Okay. <laughs> Elise, do you want to come back and co-host for some final questions as we wrap up? I'll come back. Aww, Bye, I'll baby. See you. Yeah. Oh. I'll see you for dinner. Where's <laughs> Thank you for answering all of our housewife questions, Barbara. You're welcome. You're- that wasn't so bad. Now, was it? I hope I didn't, um, you know, throw anybody under the bus too badly. Listen, you're just being honest about your experience. And I'm asking. So it's not like you just woke up today wanting to talk about all this. No. You probably don't Did want you to miss talk me? about it. <laughs> I'm so happy to have Elise back. And I'm going to miss her right now. Well, I think we should talk for a few minutes before I wrap up about your run for mayor, Barbara. Sure. I'd be happy to talk about that. Well, I guess where did that come from? Tell me everything. Um, I really had no political aspirations prior to covid And it was really watching the city that I love fall into a state of chaos and crisis. And it was last summer talking to my mom, asking she was a history teacher and um, asking her a lot of questions about government and politics and what do you think if I ran for mayor and I remember taking a story of it and she's like nobody's ever gonna vote for you Barbara you have no political experience and you know if somebody tells me that I just do the opposite you know you can't tell me I can't do something so then that's when I really started looking into it and you know, starting to research um, how I would go about running for mayor and some of the things that I would want to see change in New York City right away. And how did we get to this point with the current mayor? Um, And so I got in touch with somebody introduced me to a lobbyist in Washington. And I spoke to him for quite a while. And he said, you know, with all your experience as a business person in New York City and everything that you've done, you know, with this new ranked choice voting we have um, that's going on in New York City, you probably could make a run for it. So he introduced me to George Pataki's campaign manager, um, who I spoke to for quite some time. And he really believed in me. He believed in my message. He believed in my policies and what I 
felt was important for New York City and how to, to get us out of this crisis. And, you know, I believe that if the politicians did such a great job to begin with, we wouldn't be in this mess. And that's why I felt like it would take a very strong, courageous business person to help New York City. Um, and then from there, I got in touch with um, Bloomberg's advisor, Hank Scheinkoff, who really started teaching me how to debate and do all the debates that I did. And I announced my campaign on Instagram and I did not expect it to have that kind of reception. It was, it was quite um, amazing. And uh, you know, there was a lot of uh, interviews that I did and I became, you know, I was very serious about it, but unfortunately, you know, people plan uh, to run for mayor and other, other office off levels of office um, years before that you have to, and you have to raise a lot of money. And, you know, I was doing the best I can in the time period that I had. And I, um, Elise was one of my first um, campaign donors. And, uh, you know, I realized that I needed to raise millions, not thousands. So I just kept going with um, what, I was able to do with the money that I raised and trying to get my message out and trying to do um, everything that a mayoral co- candidate does. And I took it to as far as I can go until I realized I wasn't going to win. <laughs> so do you think we'll see you back in a race again for political office? Yeah, I would like to do it again. Um, I'm going to try and start in about two years because you probably need a good two years prior um, I'll start to gather um, my my campaign manager and other people and start to raise money again and see what I could do this time. But it was something that I really became passionate about. Like the more debates I did and the more people I spoke to, and I really felt like I had ver- a very good um, understanding of what New York needs and what people wanted wanted from New York City. And I mean, I just, um, it was just a little too late for me this time. So. Do you think it was like literally just the timing that you started late? Do you think in any world housewives and oh my God, you know, there was that chatter online, you know, not amongst necessarily anyone so important, but you know, there was that like, former housewife or housewife friend running for mayor like do you think housewives negatively affected you at all or was it just timing no I don't think it negatively affected me at all as a matter of fact that helped me it was like I was the first political candidate in Bravo's history so you know I like to look at it from that point of view so it helped the platform of Bravo helped you know, the Us magazines, the people, the New York Times, all that initial, because there were 35 candidates, they never had that kind of press. So that definitely um, helped initially. And then you have to keep it up, you know, you have to keep it going. And that's what I was trying to do with the debates. And it was, you know, a huge learning curve to, you know, debate with Eric Adams and Sean Donovan and Maya Wiley and, you know, Scott, Scott Stringer and Ray McGuire and, you know, everybody running and, um, and also, you know, dealing with my political consultant, Hank Scheinkoff, really understanding how to speak and what to say during the debates and what not to say. And, you know, I'm dealing with people that are borough presidents and that and people that have have worked under de Blasio for years. So I don't know. And, and I always said, I don't I don't know government. You know, I'm not a politician. I'm I'm a an entrepreneur and a businesswoman. So I was trying to get up to speed as much as I could. And, you know, for me, it was all about, um, you know, the economy, um, crime, safety, the transportation system. Those are the things that really, um, the homeless situation in New York City. That, no, that no we- I definitely loved um, things that you stood for. And you're also big on work, uh, trying to revamp the educational system. Yeah. yeah, no, I thought that you had great values and great aspirations. So I would definitely love to see you run again. Thank you. Thank you. I would love to see you run again too. I think the city's come far and like it's come back, but we we need something in the city. 
I mean, I just, this is where my mind goes, you know, when you mentioned debates, like, did housewives help you? It's, I mean, you're there, you're debating. Like, I went to law school, it helps me do this job every day. Yeah. Like, did that at least, did that help you at all? Like, when you're standing up there against all these political opponents? Yeah, it absolutely did. It made me realize that I have a voice. I am not going to be afraid. What I say um, might not be totally correct, but it's my opinion, my view, uh, and I'm not going to be afraid to share it. So it gave me that extra confidence. But at, but Adams looked really confused when you told him he was no Adele. <laughs> <laughs> He was confused. He was like, Adele, who's that? (laughs) See, I mean, don't you at least want to thank Luann for that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if you being the turn, and I want to thank Dorinda because I, you know, I'm the turn up in the fruit basket. That's right. (laughs) Well, you and I can talk off air about Dorinda because I've got some things to say myself. Um, what about, you know, like you had the support of like Bronwyn and my good friend, Margaret Josephs and a lot, you know, Carla Facciolo, who we love. What about, you know, when like Sonia appears on page six and slights you? You know, nothing Sonia says I take seriously. And, you know, she always does things to get a rise. You know, she needs to, you know, use whatever she can. Uh, to get, I guess, in page six. And that's what, you know, she yeah. used. So, you know, no press is bad press, as they say. Or wait, what do they say? No press is... Uh, bad press is better than no press, which... Bad press is better than no press. So I anything she says, I, I take with a grain of salt. And by the way, you talk about Us Weekly and all these things that you got in when you were running for mayor because of Housewives. Well, honey, you were here behind the velvet rope. So... I- <laughs> Add that to your press tour and things that you've now. This is really, it's the icing, the cherry, you know, the whole thing. You know, now that I have co-hosted behind the velvet rope, I have one thing left in life to conquer. One. And that is to find you a special significant other. Then I can rest in peace and go to the pearly gates if that's the direction I'm heading for. (laughs) You know, you have already, you know, been such an amazing friend and you have tried to do this already. You know, you have introduced me to uh, one person, although it didn't work out, you know, and I'm sure there will be others. So it'll happen. Yes, it will. On that note, just one question, you know, because you mentioned like, you know, we saw this on, we saw this on the show too. Like, you know, you mentioned like you're bisexual, you know, there's so much talk. Like I, I say this all the time. Like I can point to situations in every franchise where like, you know, now that we're in this world, like you were representing back before. I was, I, I was. And, you know, it was a big deal for the producers to get me to say that. And I didn't really, you know, for me, I didn't mind saying it, but I wanted it to be organic. I didn't want to be just like sitting at a table. Oh, by the way, everyone, I'm bisexual. You know, that it just didn't feel right. You know, it had to come up in a conversation. So we were kind of prompted on how I was going to do it, but they really wanted me to, to talk about it, which I had no problem doing. I need to find someone to fix you up with too now. Cause now now my wheels are turning. (laughs) And I want to just say one more thing. I, I, um, I am pitching a new show and it's called um, saving main street. And it's all about saving um, people's livelihoods and their businesses that were affected by COVID. That is awesome. We just went out to pitch with a very, very large production company, um, Big Fish and MGM Productions. And I am keeping my fingers crossed. The world's most exciting podcast, home of borders, language, culture, and here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. I'm Michael Savage, host of the Savage Nation podcast, home of borders, language, and culture. Hear my new podcast each week as I speak with top guests from around the world. Right now, we have over 700 shows in our library. 
featuring interviews with world leaders, scientists, faith teachers, and more, including President Donald Trump, Prime Minister of Israel Ehud Barak, Edward Teller, the father of the hydrogen bomb, Jerry Falwell, and so much more conversations and commentary you cannot find anywhere else. Other guests have included Samuel Cohen, the father of the neutron bomb, Breitbart's Alex Marlowe, the great author Peter Schweitzer, Colonel Douglas McGregor, Be Here or Be Nowhere, the Savage Nation podcast. Catch the Michael Savage podcast on all podcast platforms every Tuesday and every Friday. I love it. What would that, how would that look like? If like, what's the premise of the show? Like you go in and kind of just help revamp businesses. Yeah. It's a transformation show, but it's really based on, you know, finding those businesses and people that were affected by COVID because there's so many, Yeah, you know, my business has been affected by COVID, but you know, luckily I've been in business for a long time, but um, there are so many businesses out there, you know, small mom and pop businesses. Even you go along Madison Avenue in New York city, you still see businesses that are, you know, for rent uh, boarded up on second Avenue. And um, so this is going to be a show that's going to go in and help businesses come back to life. I think that's a great premise for a show. I'm very excited for you. I'm keeping my fingers crossed and toes. If it gets picked up and you need a project manager, maybe, you know, Elise Lane could be back <laughs> on the TV screen. And I, I could will just... invest the proceeds. Yes. That's yes. what I will do for her. <laughs> you know, Elise would be great on the show. I'm sure there would be plenty of opportunity for her to be on the show. Just give her a clipboard and try to like, she can look everything <laughs> into I've been so hard on David Harris, my house guest. I'm like, stop interrupting. <laughs> We're on a schedule. I have learned all sorts of life skills from being here at Lisa's palatial Hamptons estate for about four days. I'm going to go back to the city. And I know that you love chicken salad, so I'm going to bring you lots of chicken salad now. (laughs) Thank you for feeding me today, Barbara. Is there anything else you guys want to leave us with? And where can we find both of you? If not, anything else you want to share, Elise? Um. I'm just, I'm so thrilled that you came on David's show and that I got to co-host with you. Um, And I hope nothing that we've said gets misconstrued in the press. Um. (laughs) Neither of you came, neither of you were bitter. You just answered some questions I had. And we talked about lots of things other than housewives too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I just listen, the world is obsessed with this friendship. So we have to give the people what they want. I'm obsessed with our friendship. I mean, I think it's amazing. I, I'm so thankful for it. I really am. And you guys make great co-hosts for each other. And Elise, thank you for convincing me. I didn't, you know, I, I was unsure. And as you know, I did play hard to get for a long time. Play hard to get. And and her condition was that I be on it with her. Yes. I and said here yes. We are. Listen, I will give credit where credit is due. Elise delivered you on a silver platter. So Elise, <laughs> you have given us this wonderful guest that we have truly tried for about a year and a half. And yes, again, we have literally, this is not just lip service, like some A-list, like actual actresses, which I will tell you about afterwards, which are so huge. I literally don't even understand how I got these guests, but yet Barbara Cavavit is one of the one. <laughs> well, because Barbara is A-list. Don't tell she me about is, A-list but I mean, actresses. Like, she is A-list. But she knows all these people. Please. You have just seen the beginning. But I'm Barbara. just saying she played like so, so I'm like, can we go skinny dipping now in the pool? Yeah, let's jump in the pool. Everyone, but where can people find you guys on Instagram? Barb? I'm uh, at Miss Barbara K on Instagram. And I am at Elise Slane. You'll both be back any day you guys want. The door is open. Love you both. Thank you, Barbara. Thank you, Elise. And we will all talk soon. Thanks, David. Thanks, Elise. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. 
because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're behind the Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.